Good evening, Wool Gathers, and welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 135. Tonight on the show, we are going to review the latest from Iggy Pop called Every Loser. I believe it's his 19th studio album, and uh, it's pretty interesting. I was happy that we were able to do this. We're going to do a little uh, Who's That Band quiz and try to stump Metalhead Monday, which we never do. And uh, we'll probably chat up a few new things that have happened recently or new music that's out. And as always, this episode is brought to you by the Kokomo Lantern, a journalistic endeavor focused upon the simple principles of illuminating the good and eliminating the shadows in our local community. Head over to kokomolantern.substack.com to sign up for all of that awesome content. Folks over there are doing an amazing job. And joining me tonight is none other than Metalhead Monday. Let's get inside his head, shall we? Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's Metalhead Monday. And there he is. Hello, hello, hello. Greetings and salutations. We are inside his head, inside his mind. Once again, I'll apologize for that. It is a scary, dark place to be. (laughs) Yeah, just, just kidding. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, you would know you're in there. So um, I mentioned new stuff. We've been yeah uh, picking up on all kinds of little new things that have come out recently. Um, what you got? Anything exciting? Oh, I mean, the biggest one for me is uh, you know it's right there in the name, Metalhead Monday. So of course I'm a big Metallica fan. I always have been, and they seem to be, I don't know, I, I don't know how many they're going to do before the album comes out. It's due in like April, I think. Is that right? I will but, find uh, out while you're chatting it up. I'm pretty sure their new album is coming out in April, but they're, they put out two songs so far. They just dropped another one since our last show. It's called Screaming Suicide. And, uh, you know, it's fun. Uh, I, this one didn't hit me as much as uh, Lux Eterna. Um I don't know. That one just felt like really old school Metallica. This one is uh, its interesting. Uh, the video, first of all, is, I think it's the same director and it's got a slightly different feel. Uh, still, you know, it's mostly just them performing and whatever. There's a, I don't know. I don't even know what to call it. A little bit of Hetfield doing the, you know, up close on him and he's making faces and doing all this stuff and whatever. So, you know, that's, he's being they theatrical. try to, yeah, they try to make it interesting, but I don't, you know, it's whatever. Um, but uh, the song, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's fairly straight up rocker. Um, it's not too heavy. It kind of, um, it's got decent solos. The drums sound pretty big. I, I will say on this one and the last album, really, but this one too, like, like they dialed in uh, Lars's drum sound fairly well. They sound nice and full, nice and big. Um, the opening riff of this song kind of reminded me of um, one of their songs off of Reload called Attitude. It's It's kind of got a little... I don't know, a little flourish at the beginning. A lot like this song, but that's kind of where the similarities end. Um, the uh, the different parts of this song 
kind of it's a kind of a good blend of almost like different eras of Metallica. Like some of it sounds like load reload era. Some of it sounds like older stuff. So I don't know. It's kind of a cool mix as far as that goes. Um, the main riff is not my favorite. Like it, it's not terrible, but it just kind of, I don't know, kind of gets boring after a while. <laughs> um, I feel like it just repeats so much. But it's not, which, I don't know, I guess that happens in a lot of songs, but for whatever reason, this one didn't hit me just right. Um, best part of the song, honestly, is the last two minutes. There's like, it cuts into this little kind of chuggy part, and it kind of builds, and it's, I think they really stuck the landing on it. Unfortunately, that's not the entire song, but... <laughs> You know, it's new Metallica. I'm always happy to have new Metallica, and I, you know, it's good. It's a good song. I don't hate it, but it didn't didn't hit me as much as Lux Eterna did. I would agree with that. My two takeaways were the first one was Lars. I thought he was fantastic on this, and I know he catches a lot of crap for not being a great drummer and being very repetitive. And uh, but I thought this was really solid, and I think you're right. The drums really came to the fore on this one. So kudos to him. I think he did a really nice job on it. My second thought was, you know, as these guys get older, their voices usually get deeper. I thought James's voice was oh, yeah. a little smoother on this one than he did not as growly or gruff mm -hmm. as some of his previous ones. And um, that kind of stuck out to me. It was a little different. I thought um, it was good. I, I agree with you. It was not as good as Lux. Both of these two songs they've put out now, James sounds fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he, his vocals, I, he's only gotten better over time, and I, he's a fantastic singer. He can, uh, especially in Lux Eterna, man, when he hits those high notes and just sustains and sounds fantastic. I think it was partly due to the fact that I'm listening to this in between listening to Iggy Pop, and you know, Iggy's 75 and does some sort of ballad-type songs, so his yeah. voice really comes across like late cash kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So. James obviously isn't 75, but yeah, his voice did not seem to suffer from age at all. Yeah. On this. So good song. Not great. Good song though. Yep. Yes. And I did look, I put it on the screen there for a moment. April 14th. is when yeah. We will definitely be reviewing that one on the show. I'm sure. Looking forward to it. Yep. It's going to be a big month. That'll be also the complete Smashing Pumpkins, Autumn, the whole package, all 33 songs. You already pre-ordered that like $230 edition, right? I did not. <laughs> I did not. And I certainly didn't order the $500 signed version. Oh, it's worth it. Come on. I would like to have it, but there are a few Daredevil comics I would rather have for $500. So <laughs> that will have to wait. I'll probably yeah. just get the actual discs when they come out. So, you know. All right. Well, that brings us to a little bit different. Who's that band tonight? Normally, we review okay. or read a review and guess. On this one, I have picked out five. Well, I've got six, but I'm going to see. I'm going to stop at each one. And you can guess who the band is. Six facts about a band. Okay. And are they all different bands? No. All okay. six are from the same band. So it's going to build, and we'll see how quickly you can get it. I got you. And the, okay. obviously the easier one or two are at the end. Sure. Um, 
just in case we don't get there. But I, I think you'll pick it out pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, if you get on the first one, I'm going to be like, you know this man. Good. <laughs> All right. So, number one. One of the band members was included in the band simply because he had the instrument they were looking for. And another band member said it was certainly not for his outgoing personality. I mean, that could be anyone too vague. I don't have a guess on that one. It was because he had a synth. Okay. So that helps. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> Ready? Yep. This member of the band penned nine of the 11 songs on their debut record and then quit right after that record. And he went on to create another band that you would know. Wow. If I told you the other band, you'd probably get it. So I'm not going to tell you the other band yet. Yeah. I don't have it yet. Okay. Hmm. In 1988, this band sold out the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. That's six, over 60,000 people. And at this point, they only had one top 40 hit in America and still sold that out. 1988. Mm -hmm. So they're, I mean, that makes it sound like they're not an American band. Whew. Wow. There's obviously a synth involved somehow, which could be anything. <laughs> Although that person could maybe not be in the band now. <laughs> I know, but that's, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm thinking of like the sound of the band. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. Um, I really don't have a guess yet. I'm going to have to hear at least one more. Okay. This song is arguably the most famous one that they have. It, it's not the highest ranking, or whatever, but it's really famous. But it's about Elvis. <laughs> it says, it was inspired by Priscilla Presley's memoir, Elvis and Me. It's about how Elvis was her man and her mentor and how often that happens in love's relationships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know like none of this is clicking. I'm sure like this one I, will. <laughs> Number I five. Feel, will. I was gonna say I feel like so when it hits, I'm be like, oh, of course. <laughs> okay, in 1995, this member attempted suicide by slashing his wrists. Following year, he overdosed on speedball. It's cocaine and heroin. And um, his heart stopped for two minutes. And he felt his soul leave his body. And he has been clean ever since. Is it Molly Crew? Nope, that's a good, yeah, that's, yeah, Nikki Six. Was that before 95, though? Yes, it was, it was. 95, wow. 95, huh. Who the hell OD'd in 95? That was already huge. I don't know. <laughs> the name of the band carries a mysterious air of artsy European sophistication. It literally means in French, fast fashion. Depeche Mode? 
Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I, know anybody OD'd in Depeche Mode. Was that Dave Gahan? Yeah. I just remember because wow. he died. Like, they really thought he wasn't going to make it. Like, I didn't know that story. Um, the one I didn't give you was when he left the band, he created Erasure. Oh, that wouldn't have. Okay, I just thought that would put you in the mind frame of that style of music. Or that, you know, yeah, I mean, really, the the synth thing did that more than anything. But yeah, wow, I, yeah, okay, cool. And Tony's a huge fan too, so I thought that yeah, and in the wheelhouse. But T-Bag's right, a little under the weather. So yeah, they're uh, that's like I don't know one of my very few bucket list bands left mm -hmm. on the list. Like I've never seen them. Yeah. Unfortunately to see them, I'm going to have to probably go to a huge stadium show. Cause that seems to be all they do now. Yeah. I'm with you though. I'd like to see them too. So yeah, maybe they'll come around. All right. Well, that brings us to the 75 year old Iggy pop. And, um, when I saw this and I suggested that we think about it, I really felt like this could go one of two ways. Like this could just be a amazing old guy, or it could be a total, you're, you're trying too hard to recapture something you're not. And um, I think for the most part, we got the first, I think it was a pretty good record. Yeah. Um, I've never been a huge Iggy pop fan. Um, I respect his place in music history i know because of him we have a lot of other things that i enjoy um i just never it's just one of those things that just kind of passed me by I never really dove in and i dipped my toe in a couple of times like okay i get it and just wasn't really for me i was hopeful for this one just because of the band that he gathered like his core band for this album all about that so mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and interestingly, the producer that he went with on this is kind of like a super hot commodity right now. Andrew yeah, Watt. It, yeah, that worked. Did all the stuff last couple of Aussie albums, and mm -hmm. he yeah, worked really... with uh, Eddie Vedder, yeah, um, Bieber, Cardi B, Post Malone, mm -hmm. uh, Miley Cyrus. He's been, I think he he got a Grammy for his production. Maybe I mean he's gotten some awards. So this guy is young and up and comer. Works with a lot of people. So. Reading some about the record, it sounds like he really pushed Iggy and made him go places he didn't think he was going to go, made him do more songs than he thought he would do. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think there's a couple on here that really pay off. There are a couple of songs I really love a lot. I'm just like, yeah, sounds OK, but I won't Same. take home. But um, yeah. let's just hit a few right now and um, and see what we think. Well, here. before we dive in, I want to mention like the, the core band okay. behind here. There's a few guests, but I mean, he got like Duff McKagan on bass, um, Chad Smith on the drums and Josh Klinghoffer on guitar, which I mean, you know, that's, that's a pretty good band to have in the studio. And I think it's interesting too, that uh, Chad Smith and uh, Klinghoffer are working together again. Cause you know, Klinghoffer's out and for Shawnee's back in the chili peppers. And I've said my piece about that before. I don't really have, a, I don't have a lot of respect for John for So, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, but that's, it's, it's a pretty good band to have backing you up. Yeah. And then he's got um, some guests on here as well. Travis Barker plays on Neo punk and we've got stone Gossard on 
All the Way Down. And we've got Taylor Hawkins on two songs, Comments and The Regency. And uh, one of the interesting comment about Stone Gossard, yeah, I, I, they must have sparked a little relationship, but he opened for Pearl Jam at one point and said that nobody wanted to hear him. Nobody cared. They were just there for Pearl Jam. <laughs> so apparently yeah. it was not a great opening experience for him. Yeah, I'm sure. I feel like that happens a lot. And I have been a fan of certain bands long enough to see kind of how the market plays with the popularity and the standing and all that. The One of the biggest examples of that for me is I remember seeing anthrax in 19 i think it was 1993 93 or 94 and they were on the sound of white noise tour huge major label you know big to do new singer big album big push behind it opening for them was white zombie Hmm. so then like a few years later maybe uh let's see that was 90 probably 94 so i would say like 10 11 11 or 12 years later then i saw rob zombie and opening for him was anthrax (laughs) that's crazy so yeah so i mean it happens all the time it's like you know the popularity and the you know Mm. whatever clout standing in the industry goes up and down so it's funny when you see like a legend like iggy opening for you know pearl jam who's arguably one of the biggest bands in the world at this point yeah that's interesting and i imagine too that it's hard for a guy who has had the longevity that he has had and the popularity that he's had to be an opening act for anyone but yeah but we also know too that the world kind of sucks musically anyway if you watch any award show <laughs> it's kind of garbage so yeah it's not surprising not surprising at all right all right well let's dig in the first song is called frenzy and it is a bit of a frenzy and it's definitely <clears throat> an old punk pop hit yeah um, definitely fits that bill of uh, iggy i think and he said uh, there's some choice words here about somebody and he said it is definitely about a certain person and they probably know who they are by listening wow. to the song. All okay. right. I'm trying to figure this out. Who said I'm a hater? What did I do? <laughs> a hater this of is... who? Yeah, I didn't say anything mean at all, did I? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. I said new music sucks. Sorry. And not uh, all does. I just, it's frustrating that it gets shoved down our throat. And bands from our time period never get any highlight on anything, ever. They're old news. <laughs> it's so sad too because putting out some good stuff did you like frenzy um yeah it's all right uh, it's it's got definitely a punky feel i feel like the i don't know it the lyrics i feel like it's a little bit oh i mean it's iggy pop and it's feel a little bit almost feels like shock for shock's sake um because it's a lot it's not just like an f-bomb here or there it's kind of a lot um but yeah, I had a pretty solid groove. Um, the kind of this album is so all over the place. It's really varied the styles on the song. So I, it's hard to say if this is a good opener. It's definitely got the energy of an opener. But I don't know if it really sets a tone because the tone changes so often. 
I don't think it was a good album opener. Yeah, it's the the upbeat kind of thing you normally get, but it's like so upbeat and in your face, and then boom, strung out Johnny. It's Mellow. yeah, totally. It slows different. down so quickly. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was. And it, this is a very like you said, it's a strange record. We go from fast yeah. hard to ballad mm-hmm. to you know fast again, and then we've got um, a spoken word, and then we you know he's reading. Um, ads out of the newspaper for a minute yeah. on a song you know it's yeah. like it's kind of a a kooky thing so yeah it probably would be hard to find a good album opener but i don't know i didn't think this one was it yeah and this was the one i the video i had sent to you about <clears throat> uh it was them performing this on kimmel and oh it was rough man i mean the the music i will say right now the music through this entire album spot on wonderful mm-hmm. on point great music uh iggy's kind of touch and go for me and man the live performance on kimmel was rough it was it, he, iggy looked i mean he was doing his iggy gesticulations and mm-hmm. i that's him that's him i mean it is that's what he's always done but he just sounded like he was out of breath the whole time sounded yeah. terrible that's why I think on this record, I really gravitate to the songs where he's kind of crooning because that old gravelly voice sounds great, but he's not forced to, you know, speed up his tempo and jump around and do his whole thing. So I agree that (laughs) that rendition on Kimmel was pretty, pretty tough to listen to. I, I, I gotta say on this album, like, I don't think his vocals, there's ever a time where he sounds horrible on the record. Uh, but I mean, it's the studio. You can do yeah, it a million exactly. times. You can clean it up with electronics. It's he sounds fine on the record, but delivering that so this song mm-hmm. specifically live was not good. Mm-hmm. There's a couple where he's. I wonder if they adjust a little bit. He surprisingly sounds super clean, mm-hmm. where he's when he's actually singing on like "Strung Out Johnny" and "Morning Show." It's rough, but then when mm-hmm. he's a little fast paced, some of them just seem almost too clean. Could be wrong. Yeah, I don't, know. Uh, I don't know what they do with it. But that does bring us to the second song, "Strung Out Johnny," and um, this was probably my second or third favorite song on the record. Same. He said it, it could be about anyone, but he mm-hmm. certainly has personal experience um, telling the story of somebody who's strung out. And I love where he says, "The first time you do it with a friend, the second time you do it in bed." Third time, you can't get enough, and then your life gets all effed up. Um, yeah. And and he would certainly know. And I thought the chorus here was really catchy, too. Yeah, this was one. Um, and I came back to this so many times. Just I'm a huge fan of Duff McKagan, and, man, he, he is spectacular on this album. There's so many songs that have really, really great bass lines, and they didn't uh, – drop him in the mix so you can hear him really well and this is one of them the bass and the keyboards on this song i thought were really good and yeah this is kind of that i don't know if it's a sweet spot for iggy's vocals but it's more the you know not pushed he's kind of sit back and relaxed in the deep voice and the you know whatever i don't know but this one i i really really like this song i would be 
probably right along with you is probably I was definitely in my top three, maybe two or three. Yep. Yeah, it was good. And then that leads us to New Atlantis, which is a sort of an homage to his home where he's lived for years and years in Miami. Miami. This was a strange, like it opens with spoken word <laughs> and then yeah, then it kind of snaps up and it's got this catchy chorus and then he's the verses are more melodic. It's an interesting song. I didn't dislike it. Um, just arranged strangely or differently, I guess, than we're used to. So maybe that's not such a bad thing. Um, but yeah, cool homage to his hometown, I think. Yeah, the spoken word thing was, um, I mean, it works. It's kind of kind of interesting as, as long as you're not doing it too much. Uh, but it definitely worked on this song. And um, it, it was kind of cool how they came like he did it, did the chorus, and then came back to the spoken word and then sung some more. And I think it worked for the song. But anytime I hear Iggy Pop do spoken word stuff like this, it always makes me think of Black Sunshine from <laughs> Flight Zombie. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But did you like it overall? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's a, most of this album is like, I mean, it's all right, it's okay, <laughs> you know. And the, like I said, the music, the music is great on this whole album. Yeah, and modern day ripoff, the next song, when you just mm -hmm. said, is like, yeah, this is where I am with that one. It's a real high energy punk song. Yeah, um, it was a song he originally didn't want to do. Maybe it shows. I don't know. Uh, this was one of my least favorites, probably. I don't know. It was okay. I just didn't really gravitate to it. Yeah, this one again for me, fantastic bass work from Duff. Um, what I thought was interesting about this one is like in the beginning, there's kind of like this little promise of some like old time boogie woogie rock and roll piano, mm -hmm. and then it just kind of goes away. It's gone. Yep. And I'm like, oh man, they should have hung with that. That would have been fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like I love that stuff. Big mm -hmm. fan of like you know, Jerry Lee Lewis and little Richard and all that stuff. I would love some of that, more of that. Yeah. Billy Idol did a little of that uh, on a few of his records and it came across really cool, mm -hmm. but we're just going to call that a misstep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's what I'm calling it anyway. Uh, the next one, I think this might be my favorite song on the record morning really? show. Hmm. It's definitely top two with one of them coming up, but um, I love the idea of you know putting on a good face you know even when things are bad yeah. you're depressed but you got to put on this good face and go on according you know the morning show um he likened it to tears of a clown like smoky um in its content or whatever and i just love his voice on this one it's really you know it's slowed down again so you got that sort of grisly yeah. old guy and um it's got a, a catchy chorus Mm -hmm. And it's just a, I think a really cool song. I love the idea and the whole concept. So I think it might be my fave. That's cool. I don't really have anything to add to that. I really enjoyed his vocals on this song. I don't. <laughs> <That's Yeah. it. laughs> did you enjoy the vocals on the news for Andy? about uh, Andy <laughs> No, I did not. Uh, these interludes are, there's two of these interludes and I don't know. They just feel silly to me i don't really know what the point of them is other than to add like two two and a half minutes to the record <laughs> it came from andy warhol and a thing he had when he was at a staying at a hotel where he was and he said something about reading i don't know exactly how it went but when they start talking about this and he talks about the andrew watt 
should we do this? Yeah, let's do it. Why? Nobody is going to listen to it. Once you listen to it one time and you realize yeah. what it is, if you're listening skip. to this, you don't want to listen straight through. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. these kind of things, but we're just getting old and curmudgeonly, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Are we, though? Because Iggy's 75, and he did it. So <laughs> <laughs> This is true. And he's probably grumpier than we are. So <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good point. I'm going with that. So, all right. News for Andy. Total stinker. One of the bottom two on the record. Yeah. That brings us to Neo Punk. This one's got Travis Barker on the drums and does an excellent job. I'm not a huge Blink 182 fan, but um, he does an excellent job on the drums here. Travis Barker is a ridiculous drummer. I mean, you can listen to his hip hop stuff. Outstanding. I think he did like at least one record with, uh, is it Yellow Wolf? unreal yeah. unreal it's so good uh but yeah he's a great drummer i'm, I'm not a huge blink 182 fan either but yeah uh this song neopunk it's right there in the title it's kind of the lyrics are kind of uh, an indictment of fake wannabe punks which i'm sure iggy has seen his fair share of being you know one of the original kind of proto-punk rockers um and yeah i mean the music's okay i don't i didn't love this song but yeah conceptually i loved it um i love how that it like you said you know like the fake punk it just pervades society in every way um so conceptually i really dig the song i just i didn't love it overall it didn't have anything new um to say musically it didn't for me yeah um, Facebook user says he loves Iggy and the raw sense of love for an artist. And I would agree with that. And that's why we chose to do this record. Same goes with Andy Warhol. Yep. But if Andy tells him to read anything else, I'm not listening to it. And yes, Travis Barker does rock. We agree. Yeah. I, I, I gotta say, I'm not a huge Andy Warhol fan. I mean, I, I get, I don't know. Like I, I sort of respect his place in history, but I'm not he's not someone I ever gravitate to when I want to look at art. <laughs> you don't like soup cans. Come on. Yeah. Now, there's a whole thing there. I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cam Pell's soup. Yep. <laughs> um, next song has stone Gossard from Pearl jam on this one. And uh, this one's all the way down for me. Of all the songs on the record, it felt like the most straightforward rock song. Um, it seemed like we had like pop punk songs or we had some ballads, but this one just felt up like a little bit smoother, just more like a rock song to me. Yeah, it didn't make a huge impression on me. I don't, I didn't really, I didn't even write any notes down on it. I just was kind of, uh, it's not really the middle of the record, but I don't know. It's kind of felt like, Filler for me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't love it either. Um, the next song, Comments, this one did hit me. This is one of my top three. I don't know Same. if it's two or three for me, but when you started talking about the bass, this mm -hmm. one starts off with a super cool bass groove. Yep. And um, then it comes in. It's got an 80s vibe to it, I thought. Kind of that post-punk um, 80s sound, which I really dig. And um, talks about the brutality of comments online and how it's just one way or the other. There's no middle ground. I thought it was pretty cool. And Taylor Hawkins is on this one as well. Yeah, this was probably my favorite on the album. Um, 
and I pretty much everything you said, I would second the bass and the keys on this song are fantastic. Obviously, I mean, the drums, I didn't know it was Taylor, but that, you know, that kind of, you know, might bump it up a notch or two. But I, this is, yeah, I like this song a lot. Um, I'm going to let you talk about my animus because here we go again. <laughs> was well, this three lines? Yeah, I'd say the only thing I would have to say about it is it's an interlude. It's kind of silly and it's just really like, I feel like it's just filling time, like making the album album length like it's there's nothing here yeah so yeah, i agree i will never ever listen to it again it's total yeah. filler then we come to the last song on the record the regency and i think this was probably a pretty good album closer this is probably my fourth or fifth favorite it does a lot of different things <laughs> um i wish you could hold phones um <laughs> but um it uh it'll it does like a lot of the different things Ziggy's doing on this record all in one song. So I think that kind of ties up the record pretty well. Yeah. And it's, it's catchy. And again, it's got Taylor Hawkins on it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, this was probably mm, this one and strung out Johnny kind of, you know, by two and three didn't really matter which order you put them in. Um, I really love the music and the vocals on this one worked really well together. Um, I didn't love the lyrics, but <laughs> The, the song itself is is really good. I dug it. I, I'm glad you brought up the lyrics because I was reading comments by him about this being about a parking lot. And it does mention <laughs> it in there one time, but I'm like trying to make heads or tails of it. And I get that we can have enigmatic lyrics or whatever, but mm -hmm. the lyrics were just strange to me other than just yeah. being angry at the Regency, which if, if this is a rebellious song, that's what it's about. Fine. But yeah, I, I couldn't figure the lyrics out. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of like it's one of those things where I really, when he's singing, you know, F the Regency, F the Regency, like it sounds great, but I'm like, why, why are we mad at the Regency? <laughs> what like, they do to anybody? <laughs> and it's just like, it's weird. I don't know, but I apparently, like the song. Apparently they charge too much to have people park in their parking lots because yeah. they're pissed about that. <laughs> Something, I don't know. <laughs> this this is the the old get off my lawn Iggy I guess I don't know. <laughs> By the way, that was a great impression of Iggy you just did there. I think you got a future pal. I'm trying. I'm working on some stuff. It's Monday Pop. Here he comes. <laughs> I saw somewhere in town's getting ready to open up. They're considering open up a you know open mic night. So I'm working Ooh. on some stuff. Nice. <laughs> no. no. Nope. No. Fine, be that way. All right, so we gotta rate it now. We can't do a record without rating it. So, what do you give it? You're gonna listen again. Mm, I would probably give this just based on the music and the musicians involved alone. Probably a two seven five, and yeah, I will likely not listen to much of this again. Maybe a couple songs. Yeah, I, I'm kind of right in there with you in that two, five to three range. Yeah. Uh, the three songs I really like, I really like. The rest of them are all just kind of, hmm, they all kind yeah. of flow together and they don't really do yeah. much for me. So I think that two, five, two, seven, five range is pretty good. Well, I listen again to those three songs. Yeah. Definitely not listening to my Animus or the News for Andy. <laughs> ain't, ain't happening. Not on my watch. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I was, this is one of those albums where like I had it playing and I wasn't like, I'm kind of listening, but doing other stuff. And then it ends and I'm like, Oh, is that it? I'm like, Oh, oh mercifully short. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if that's your thought, you know, it's not a good thing, right? Yeah. Then like when I kind of, when I started digging in, then I'm like, okay, well, I like this. I like this and not that so much, but yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's okay, but it's easy to pick apart. Yeah. Agreed. I, I'm glad we did listen to it though. It's kind of interesting, you know, a guy like that just to see what he has to offer. Yeah. And it definitely wasn't just one note. It was all over the place and he definitely yeah. reached out and tried some different things. So I wonder how much of that I would be interested to know who wrote what and how much of that was the influence of Andrew Watt. Because I know with the Aussie stuff, he was very involved with the songwriting. Watt wrote a lot of this. Yeah, so like, that makes sense to me. That makes total yeah. sense to me. Yeah. That dude must be pretty talented. Yeah. Well, he's he's working, so yeah. he's getting some big names. Yeah, so. He's the new Rick Rubin. I, well, he seems to be a lot more hands-on than Rick Rubin. <laughs> but, <laughs> this is, this is, yeah, if he's writing music, yeah, I would say so. Ruben's got it dialed in, man. He shows up like once a month and, and sits there and closes his eyes and does this. And he's like, hey, try this, try this, try this. I'll see you in a month. <laughs> yeah. Let me know how it goes. Hey, I produced this. Yeah. yeah. So, got a name like that, you can get away with that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like next week, possibly the second part of Autumn is out. So we'll probably be doing that if that indeed is not out that's just what we saw on the release list so if that's not out we'll pick up something else and it may be something older maybe we'll see if there's a uh, anniversary, anniversary. like this week um we had the anniversary issue with pink floyd and then uh, the cool thing was like a couple days after that it was the animals 46th uh, anniversary so yeah. big anniversary period <laughs> the floyd. whole dark side of the moon thing's cracking me up it's so cra it's cracking stupid. me up and it kind of just makes me hate the world more like it kicks up my misanthropy mm -hmm. so much more like i <laughs> uh, people are dumb people have to be right fighters they got to find something to be angry about it's just so dumb by. it is i mean it, it's just like i don't know something like that i mean it's like this album is 50 years old it's right there on the cover people like it's there. It's there. It's been there Come for on. 50 years. 50 years. Oof. Yep. It predates pride. <laughs> I know. People are dumb. Anyway, so that was cool. And then uh, animals having their 46 is pretty cool as well. So, yeah. All right, Mr. Mundy, we're going to be away for a week. So if people want to find you somewhere and see what's going on with the metalhead, where do they go? Uh, Instagram is the easiest place at Metalhead Monday. You can see the spelling right there. Hit me up. Hit him. Don't hit him. Hit him up. Hit That's me very, up. very different. Very different. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Foggy's Pal. And you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox, and SoundCloud. How about that? There is no reason not to listen to us. You know how many places you can find us? It's insane. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so find us, people. Rate us. 
Give us a review. Tell us what we can do better. Share with your friends. Like, subscribe, do all that stuff. Because that really, like that I, I feel like we should say that stuff up top too. Uh, we don't, I don't, you know, honestly, like if you like what we do, the best thing you can do, share it, let your friends know, rate, review, all of that stuff drives more people to the show. Get some more eyeballs on us. We like, you know, we're not trying to get rich and famous here, but it'd be nice to have somebody to interact with. <laughs> yes, more people live. That would be the goal. That's fun. I like it when people comment on the show. And uh, we just like to talk about music and listen to new stuff. So, yep. All right. And if you want to throw money our way, do it. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next Sunday evening at seven o'clock for likely Smashing Pumpkins. If not, it will be musical. We'll see you next time. Bye now. Thank you